Hi, friends. Thank you for being here. Before we get started, we have some disclaimers. First, this podcast will contain explicit language as well as medical trauma that may be graphic at times. More than likely, we will not be suited for all audiences. Secondly, due to the nature of Sarah's health conditions, we are unable to promise you an episode every week, but ultimately, that is our goal. Lastly, and this disclaimer is for a very niche group of people, if you know us in the real world and you suspect at any time that we may be referring to you as we talk about Sarah's story, uh, just assume that we are. We do not do this in order to shame you on a public platform, but to educate others who may find themselves in similar situations with their support groups. We ask that you also assume that our love and our friendship for you is great and mighty, and we hold no resentments. Thank you for supporting us, and now here's Chronic Friendship. Hello there. This is Lindsay, one of the co-hosts of Chronic Friendship. Welcome to our very first episode. This podcast is ultimately a love story. Two millennial women, both born the same year, both born into generational poverty, both love the same hobbies, crafts, and interests, both have similar upbringings and faiths, find each other and are friends. Big whoop. I have reflected for literal years on how I can express the rarity and affection I have for my friend Sarah. It would be easy for me to tell you about her many talents, her humor, her ability to look like a walking Pinterest board, her capacity to love those around her, but ultimately the stereotype of just friends will form in your mind and the simplification will become permanent. I will have failed. Please make no mistake, I love this human. So I will try to tell you through our experiences. At the time that I met Sarah, I was married to a man who was completely emotionally checked out because his mother was dying of cancer. I had an 18-month-old who needed me completely. I was trying to get my career established as a mental health therapist in a rural town where as a 28-year-old woman, I did not fit in as a person. Regardless of having a partner and a child of my own, I was sad, stressed, depressed, and isolated. Whatever fun facets of my essence had faded during those last years of constant stress and pressure. A coworker of mine invited me to an event in his town where he lived 50 miles away. He commuted every day to work in the same facility as me. I went genuinely because I needed to get out. I needed a reprieve. Even if I talked to no one, sitting in a bar with a bunch of 20-somethings was going to give me a sense of normalcy that I desperately needed. So do you remember how we met? I do. You do? do you want me- yes. When was that? I don't remember. We can never remember when it was. I remember when it was because it changed my life. And was it 2011 or 2012? It was not 2011. Okay. And it was not 2012. Well, so the story is that uh, our group of friends in here in Colorado does something called a brewery bike tour every year. And Lindsay was going were you working with Doug at that point yes I was working with Doug at that point and he was like oh you're sad and lonely you so we have a mutual friend you should come to this you should drink beer and ride bikes and I was like that sounds like how people go to the ER how about I just drink beer and and then I this so this was 2013 2013. Okay. Yes. Yes. I knew it wasn't that long after I moved back to Colorado. Lindsay came to the end of the day of drinking 
where we were having dinner. So we were having pizza. And we were sitting at the table together and had so much in common and are funny and had a great conversation. And both were like, hey, I like you. We're friends now. On a scale of one to ten, ten being like the peak of your health, like this is the best I've ever felt in my life. Mm -hmm. On the day that we met, where would you land? 2013, I probably, wait, I'm sorry, you said 10 is the best I've ever felt? 10 is the best you've ever felt, like out of the womb. So uh, in 2013, probably about a seven. Did you ride your bike that day? I did. I can't imagine you riding a bike now. I used to bike. Not like not like oh I used to bike but like I used to bike when we would do the birdie bike tour oh I used to bike but like (laughs) I I was never doing Sarah didn't know it but in our interaction that day she made me feel complete completely seen completely grounded completely heard I had not experienced this since the cancer diagnosis three years earlier Even while being pregnant with our firstborn, I was trying to accommodate everyone and everything around me. This was the first time in a long time that someone wanted to hear from me because of my value and wanted nothing in return. It was like heroin. So I really like that you walked away and went, and we just decided that we were going to be friends because I walked away going, oh my God, I love this person. (laughs) But I always ruin it. And so how can I get this person to also love me without ruining it? And then, and so then like our mutual friend invited me down for more stuff. And then one day, uh, and it was in October of 2013, you were like, Hey, listen. And it was the closest I'd been asked out on a date (laughs) ever. Listen, I'm so good at asking friends out on dates. You're like, listen, I like you, you like me. I think we have a lot of comment and I think we should hang out. And I just remember being like, this feels like I'm being asked out on a date and I love it. Like I <laughs> love this moment. It's so good. And I was like, yeah, we should do that. And then I have to tell you, I don't remember anything after that. Like I just remember us being in love from that moment on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally, I literally don't remember like, the first time that we hung out. I don't remember that. Just the two of us. I don't remember that. Yeah. I Probably because every time we hang out, just the two of us is so similar. Like, yeah. we just talk and laugh the whole time. It was just Lindsay and Sarah from that, that point on. Yeah. We were like peas and carrots. Norman Cliff, Troy and Abed. We were like those historical figures that historians all agree were like really close friends, but we all really suspected there was something more. I'm looking at you, Hamilton. Everything soon became a joint effort from traveling to concerts, to dinners, themed birthday parties, to watching TV shows together, to FaceTiming when one of us was bored, to constantly having a messenger chat going all day, to baby showers, to death, to funerals. Before I continue, I just wanna make one thing very clear. I love my husband. He is a good, amazing father, devoted, and an ever-calming force in my universe. With all that being said, it is not easy at all 
to be married to a woman who not only feels all of the feels instantaneously, but then somehow turned that characteristic into a profession, especially when your career is numbers. So as our friendship grew deeply, my husband was grateful that he had someone to outsource to. One day as I was recapping what I can only assume was something extremely nurturing Sarah said to me, my husband responded with, aw, she's your wife. If anything, like when we met, uh, you'd have no idea. Like in 2013, right. you would have no idea that sure. you had been like at that point you were what, 10 years into chronic illness um, and still very much living like somebody would in their late 20s. Yeah, I feel like for me, between the ages of like 27 and 33 were amazing. Like, yeah. That's probably the closest to being like a 10 my life has been. And then very quickly kind of turned around into not being in sort of this remission state. It feels really strange to kind of look back and think, man, it truly is just in like the last four or five years that my life has taken this huge turn. What would you rate it now? Is zero an option? I mean, listen, keep in mind, there have been moments where you were in the ICU facing death. So, like, we're better than that. Yes. So, probably a one and a half. I was going to say, maybe a two. We're at a two now. I like I spent all day yesterday literally in my bed because every time I got up to, like, go get food or go to the bathroom, I was lightheaded. Yeah. And so I slept probably 16 to 18 hours yesterday. What is your average? What do you know? My average is about 14. And that's with the the CPAP that? Yes, the CPAP that was supposed to change my life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My average is about 14. Okay. And so I think two is a solid, because like on one hand, like you're alive. And you're not right. in the hospital. Like, right. I feel like hospital is one. I see you facing death is zero. And so alive in your house, I feel like is a solid two. Yes. But I would not go that's, above that. That's fair. Well, so that's kind of where I would like. I, also, I shouldn't tell you how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, the mental health professional going, I think you're this, actually. Actually, like, uh, I just realized, like, I just literally labeled your experience. Uh, my bad. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, not so. In other no, words, I mean, I said, I said one and a half. So two is solid. Like we're rounding up. Yeah. Um, what do you want people to get out of your fantastic story? <laughs> fantastic. I think for me, the biggest thing is like I don't want to say it's that misery loves company but it it is nice when you're going through something to recognize that other people are also going through things like that and I think that is one of the reasons why like mental health care support groups is so pushed for people with fibromyalgia and so in my own little way this is me wanting to be there for other people by telling my story and also just like 
being there for myself by telling my story. Like we, you and I have talked about it a lot in the last two years, just because so much has happened. And there are things about the last two and a half years that you remember very well that I was so out of it for. And so <laughs> it's nice to, it, it has been nice the times that we've really gone into it to be like, oh, I don't remember that at all. And I really appreciate you telling me what happened. The other thing that we want to do, hopefully at some point, is use this to uh, make Sarah some monies. That our girl hasn't been able to work <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, and so as we keep making these podcasts and hopefully you know, pursue things like monetization and sponsorships, uh, know that in, I don't, any money that comes from this will go to Sarah. Uh, we appreciate your guys' support for sure. Um, and, and yeah, we will just routinely get on the internet and giggle and then you guys can be privy to that information. Thank you all for listening to our first baby episode of Chronic Friendship. As our podcast unfolds, you will get to know and hear from Sarah Moore and why her story is so important to not just me, but those everywhere struggling with chronic illness. We hope you enjoyed us, and we thank you for your patience as we figure out this whole podcasting thing. We hope you have the best day, and remember to just keep trying. Mm-hmm.